Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on Kenya's financial markets with the aim of providing you, the listener, with an up-to-date overview of Kenya's financial markets. And we attempt to do this by reporting on the performance of the major markets, ranging from the money markets to the foreign exchange market, and from the equity markets to the bond market. And in addition to that, we also cover any topical issues arising during the week. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan market during the 31st week of 2022. That is from Monday the 1st to Friday the 5th of August. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamohuri, and together, let's dive right in. As is the norm, we start off by looking at the global markets. This week, we start with a controversial visit by the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan on Tuesday, which has further strained the already tense relationships between Beijing and Washington. China had spent the past few weeks warning Pelosi not to visit the disputed territory, which Beijing considers a province of China in what is referred to as a one-China policy. In response to the visit, the Chinese military flexed its muscle with live-fire exercises just 80 miles from Taiwan and deployed fighter jets to the Taiwan Strait. On Thursday, the Bank of England hiked interest rates by 50 basis points, its largest single increase since 1995. This was the sixth consecutive rate hike by the Bank of England and takes its benchmark rate to 1.75%. The Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee voted by a majority of 8 to 1 in favor of the 50 basis point hike and cited rising inflationary pressures in the UK and the rest of Europe since its previous meeting in May. The Bank of England expects headline inflation to peak at 13.3% in October and to remain at elevated levels throughout March of 2023. The MPC at the same time projected the UK's longest recession since the global financial crisis, stating that the UK economy will enter into a recession in the fourth quarter of 2022 and the recession will last for at least five quarters. On Friday, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that hiring in the month of July was far better than expected, defying other signals such as the contraction in GDP, which suggested that the U.S. economy is beginning to lose steam. Non-farm payrolls rose by an astounding 528,000 new jobs in the month of July, whilst the unemployment rate dipped to 3.5%. The unemployment rate is now back to its pre-pandemic levels and is at its lowest level since 1969. Wage growth also surged higher as the average hourly earnings jumped 0.5% for the month and 5.2% from a year ago. And with consumer prices already rising at their fastest rate since the early 1980s, the job numbers have added fuel to the inflation fire, with traders now pricing in a higher likelihood of another 75 basis point hike by the Fed Reserve at its next meeting in September. 
After the positive U.S. jobs report, the dollar jumped on Friday with the dollar index, which tracks the greenback's performance against a basket of currencies, trading 0.8% higher at 106.57. Against the yen, the dollar rallied 1.58% to 134.95. The euro was also down 0.63% against the dollar, at 1.0178. Meanwhile, sterling was down 0.73% to 1.2068 the day after the Bank of England hiked its benchmark rate by 50 basis points to fight surging inflation in the UK. The US stock market traded broadly sideways in a volatile trading session on Friday as investors assessed the impact of the blowout July jobs report and what it could mean for the Fed's rate tightening campaign. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained marginally to close at 32,803 but was still down for the week. The S&P shed a few points to end at 4,145 whilst the Nasdaq Composite lost 0.5% to 12,657. Both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq ended the first week of August a tad bit higher. Banking stocks continue to rise on the hope that the Fed will maintain its tightening policy until inflation is contained. In the U.S. bond market, the 10-year Treasury yield rose on Friday to 2.83% on the back of a stronger-than-expected jobs report for the month of July. Previously, the yield on the 10-year bond has been trending lower on fears that the Fed's hiking campaign was tipping the economy into a recession. Meanwhile, the yield on the two-year was up 20 basis points to 3.24%, maintaining the inverted 2-10 to year yield curve, which signals an upcoming recession. The yield on the 30-year Treasury bond was up 10 basis points and was trading at 3.06%. Oil prices rose slightly on Friday, bouncing off their lowest level since February, as concerns over supply shortages were countered by a decline in fuel demand. The international benchmark Brent crude closed the day higher at $94.92 per barrel. The U.S. benchmark WTI, that is West Texas Intermediate, also settled higher at $89 per barrel. Oil prices have come under pressure this past week as the market remains concerned about the impact of inflation on economic growth and demand. However, Signs of supply constraints have kept afloat under the prices. The price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined by more than $10 to $94.60 per barrel on the 4th of August, compared to $105.60 US dollars the previous week. The price of gold slid nearly 1% on Friday on the back of a better-than-expected U.S. jobs report that raised hopes the Fed Reserve will stick to its aggressive tightening path. A high-interest-rate environment hurts gold as it does not yield any interest. The price of gold fell 0.92% to trade at $1,775 per ounce.
Moving over to the Kenyan markets, and we start off as usual by looking at exchange rates. During the past week, the Kenyan shilling remained stable against both major international and regional currencies. According to the central bank, the Kenyan shilling was trading at 119.03 versus the US dollar compared to 118.76 the previous week. And again, as the sterling pound, the Kenya shilling was trading at 144.93 and to the euro at 121.21. And again, as to the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was changing hands at 32.60 Ugandan shillings and 19.59 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was trading at 8.64. The stability of the Kenya shilling is backed by the country's usable foreign exchange reserves, which according to the central bank remained adequate at $7.72 billion. That is equivalent to 4.45 months of import cover. This meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. Moving over to the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was significantly improved during the week, partly reflecting government payments, which helped to offset tax remittances. Commercial bank success reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 27.4 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active, with the average interbank rate at 5.32%, compared to 5.31% the previous week. During the week, the average number of interbank deals decreased to 33 from 35, whilst the average value traded decreased to 20.9 billion shillings from 23.8 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 4th of August, and the central bank received bids totaling 11.6 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of just 48%. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day rate rising 7.4 basis points to 8.47%, the 182-day rate ticking up by just 1 basis point to 9.4%, whilst the 364-day rate edged up by 2.6 basis points to 9.92%. In the Treasury bond market for the month of August, the Central Bank of Kenya, acting as fiscal agent for the Republic of Kenya, is looking at raising 50 billion shillings for budgetary support and has invited bids for the following three bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1-2022-03, which has 2.7 years left to maturity and a coupon at 11.76%. The second bond is FXD2-2019-10, with 6.7 years left to maturity and a coupon at 12.3%. The third bond is FXD1 stroke 2021 stroke 20 with 19.1 years left to maturity and a coupon at 13.44%. The treasury bonds are now open for sale until Tuesday the 16th of August. 
At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI and NSE 25 both gaining by 0.7%, whilst the NSE 20 gained by 1.5%. However, their year-to-date performance remains in lost territory with the NASI, NSE 20 and NSE 25 declining in value by 15%, 9.8% and 12.2% respectively. The market's performance was driven up mainly by gains in large-cap stocks such as Bamburi Cement, which was up 12.7%, Absa Bank rose by 3.2%, NCBA Bank increased by 2.4%, and Standard Chartered Bank inched up by just 1.7%. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by the likes of BAT and East African Breweries, which declined by 1.4% and 0.2% respectively. In other news, we have two stories that piqued our interest this week. The first, on Tuesday, the KCB Group announced that it had entered into an agreement to acquire an 85% stake in Trust Merchant Bank in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The entrance into the DRC with a population of over 84 million will mark the seventh market for the KCB group outside of Kenya. KCB said it expects to close the transaction by the end of the third quarter of 2022 after receiving the necessary regulatory approvals. The second story was about the central bank, which has raised the alarm over the increased borrowing by parastatals to pay for operational expenses thereby weakening their ability to repay their existing loans. According to the central bank, parastatals are using long-term debt to finance operational expenses rather than for investments to generate revenues. Most state-owned enterprises remain highly indebted, which is worsened by their persistent losses that have compounded their liquidity challenges. This has forced them to resort to borrowing to carry out their daily operations. The central bank said that the accumulation of long-term debt by parastatals relative to their equity has increased to 135% in 2021, placing them at greater risk of defaulting on their loans. And on the subject of debt, for detailed analysis of Kenya's national debt, we would like to refer you to a special episode of the Market Color podcast that was published last week on Thursday, that is the 4th of August. The podcast is entitled Kenya's National Debt and is available on all major directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Please be sure to follow us and turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And if you have any ideas on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is G at gmail.com Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I 
Once again, thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. But before I sign off, I would like to share with you a quote by Henry David Thoreau that states, If one advances confidently in the direction of their dreams and endeavors to live the life which they have imagined, they will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. And until next week, have a fantastic week ahead and God bless you.